0: Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth Podcast. It's been too long. I don't even know when we last did one of these. Uh whatever. We we've been getting I don't know. I don't know where we were. But the important thing is it's Valentine's Day, and now we get to spend it with the people we love, the fans of this podcast, Mike Harrington here on Valentine's Day. He had he had he had pussy lined up. I mean he had like Five different options, and he said, "No, if you want to get back in studio and do the podcast at our normal time, I'm going to show up." That's the devotion Mike brings. That's not the devotion Joseph Roberts brings. It's not the devotion that the other Joseph brings. But I appreciate you, Mike, and I wanted to wish you a happy Valentine's Day. Thanks, buddy. It's nice to be here with you, dude. I had one of like I had an unbelievable hangover today. Why is that? Well, I because I ran into uh, BK Chris late at night, and that just tends to happen. If oh you, Jesus! If you run into BK Chris late at night. You're waking up with a hangover every time. Not every time, but you you know, he's one of those guys. He, he he can sell you on drinking. You know, so me and him, we were hanging out late at night. We were having a good time. But generally speaking, I don't get hangovers at all. Like I'm I, I'm I'm over hangovers, and uh, I've discovered one of the things that's nice about being a little heavier. I have put on some weight. Is like you. You're like hangover proof when you're a little heavy. Like when I was like real skinny and going to the gym, I was much more prone to hangovers. I'm just telling for me, everyone's different. Yeah. If you want to weigh in on that, go for it. That's insane
1: to me because I'm just saying like if you're putting that much like less poison into your body, you should react better to the little bit of poison you do.
0: What I'm noticing is fuck the gym. If it's going to make me worse at the thing that I love the most in life, then what's the point of keeping in shape and being healthy? There's something to having like, it's almost like you're training your body every day for being unhealthy so that when you start drinking some booze, it's like, this is no big deal. We got you on this.
1: Dude, that is like, yeah, your body's just like, ah, screw it. Like I'm all in on burgers and cake and yeah, pie, yeah. Or whatever. Like what's a little bit more booze, for my like liver to just, do? Yeah,
0: exactly. It just knows how to handle itself. Let me, when you were a boozer, cause you were, you were more of a, you did it differently than me. You, you, you went harder, heavy and quit <laughs> out early. I'm more of a having trying to have a long-term relationship, you know. So you were a bit of a blackout guy, right? Oh hell yeah! Now when you were black, did you get horrible hangovers or or not so much,
1: buddy? It's real hard to get a hangover when you don't stop drinking. Like it's that's real
0: hard. Oh, you mean, because you would wake up in the morning and just get back to yeah. kind of thing. Like,
1: dude, I legitimately you were my, just in go mode. My first thought as soon as I open my eyes every morning is like. <gasps> Let me get a drink of me. I got to figure this one out,
0: right? Because okay. it was
1: always some other calamity or anxiety to wake up to. Yeah, um, you know, so that like, you're like just, I'm
0: in a different state. I don't know where my pants are. I didn't even realize that I was driving this car. Whose car is this?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not too far off of some of those details.
0: Yeah. Well, I find for the most part, I don't get I, do, I don't get hangovers, but when I do, they're bad. Um, and this morning was one of those that was it was just bad. But I'll tell you, they don't they don't talk about this enough. There is a great feeling of accomplishment when you beat a hangover. Like when you feel like death to like two or three PM and then finally it fades and you're clear headed again, you know, oh. like you feel like you can take on the world. Like that is a glorious feeling. Like I beat, like I beat an illness.
1: Dude, it's like uh it's like when you exactly that. Like when you when your nose is all stuffed up and you can't breathe and you just miss being able to breathe again. And right, then... and
0: then you get that clarity and there you go. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> now, I went, I went on a date last night. It was a really great date. I enjoyed myself. With BK Chris? No, no, no. This was before the BK Chris date. You know, I went out on a date.
1: You had a date that ended so well, it ended with you hanging out with BK
0: Chris no, till the, the wee hours of the morning? The date ended so well that I actually was like dude i'm gonna go hit up an open mic like things are, oh things, shit things are going great right now let's <laughs> let's ride this wave you and had actually, confidence for a little bit yeah and i was like we're gonna go to this open mic and then i ran into bk chris at the open mic and then we went out late okay. drinking because there's a there's a bar that i liked um but i've got a well lucky for me one of the nice things about not going on dates that often is that when i do i really don't sweat what it costs like to a fl- i'm just like whatever i don't go out that often i'll just i'll, I'll pay it i don't really give a shit But I'm thinking of a strategy here where I think if you don't go cheap on the first date, if on the first date you go out and you don't even think about it, you just spend whatever the fuck it is. I think like on the third and fourth date, like if you get there, you kind of have a little more leeway because you've kind of gotten past their guard in terms of like, oh, this guy's not cheap. I feel the exact opposite. Like you're setting a precedent at that point. That you have money to spend? Yeah. Yeah. You see, well, and then the other thing is you can also weed people off that if you go out for a coffee, you can find out, hey, this person's really not mm-hmm. even going out on dates with and not spend any money. But I kind of just go, hey, I'm just, I'm going nice date first time, whatever it is, it is. And then, but I, I don't know. I'm asking you, 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 I d- you think it, it's a terrible strategy.
1: I don't. Here's the thing, dude. I don't date. Um
0: You just bang chicks. Yeah,
1: pretty much. Yeah, like, you
0: don't even need to do the date.
1: No, it's it's not you a need thing. Yeah. No. I think the big difference between me and you, Rob, is that like you seem to be looking for a partner. You know what I mean? Like somebody who you can like date, go on dates with, have somebody you can come home to and like rely like whatever. You know, right. like that kind of like sense of security where it's like, all right, like I have it's almost like you're looking to check off the pussy box. You know what I mean? Like, that box is checked. I can focus more on, on sales and yeah. doing whatever. <laughs> Me... i i I'm, I'm very much about just like, you know, I don't want that. So, like, it, when I have to hunt, I just, you know... You hunt. That's it.
0: I, I hear it. I hear it. You're a hunter.
1: I mean... it's not even like dude it's not even like that it really what it comes down to is that i'm a pretty abhorrent person so like you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) really you know i would it's just i hate myself and so well you know i can relate to that now here's the other thing i was thinking like if you go on a date or you're even just going out for drinks when you're hunting i think you can just expect that you're going to be spending 60 to 100 bucks Like that, you know what I mean. Like you're not gonna go out with someone and end up spending less than that. Bare minimum. That that's just kind of what you're gonna spend. So if you look at it this way, if you go on one date a week over the course of a year, so dating probably is gonna cost you fifty two hundred dollars. That's probably what you need as a dating budget. If like, and by the way, that doesn't even because if you have a girlfriend, you're gonna be going out more than once a week for sure. So, like, so basically, bare minimum of what it's gonna cost you to have a girlfriend or to date is about fifty two hundred dollars a year uh yeah i'd say that's fair i feel like pussy should be tax deductible (laughs) (laughs) i just think like of all the things and needs that there are in life you're going out you're supporting the economy you're trying to like like that would you know i think that would make america a better place if if the money that you spend chasing tail was tax deductible
1: i here's the thing buddy i i feel like that is that's what the wage gap is like That's what that 30% is. It's that $5,200 a year. You mean that
0: you can afford to actually go yeah. out? Yeah.
1: That's it. it like means when, some, yeah. When they complain about that, it's like, yeah, but you're not factoring in that. So if we did make a tax deductible, then we could raise women's salaries and men would still make more money, just less of it would go to the government. But on paper, you're making the same thing. We've just gotten social equality. This is incredible.
0: What do you, I, I? I'm not sure. I follow.
1: So what I'm saying is, like, if you if you were to take that money, right, yeah. and just like, hey, you know, men make you know 30 percent more than women on average, whatever. Like you and I both know those stats are flawed or whatever. But at the end of the day, if you were to just raise all women's you know, pay by right. 30% and then make all money men spend in pursuit of pussy tax deductible.
0: Right. Then it would equal out right there. That's a perfect system. And you just fuck the government. We're on to something here. hundred percent. incredible. You, I ran this as a joke premise a couple of weeks ago. It didn't work, but I was saying like, you can't, if you go out on more than three dates with someone like, and you don't get, you don't get any, that, that's it. Mostly because after three dates, who still has more outfits? Yeah. <laughs> And the, and the answer is women because they don't pay for dates. That's why. You know, that's the difference right there. It's like <laughs> after after three, you've seen my whole wardrobe. I've got nothing left.
1: Dude, I dress like a cartoon character.
0: You mean because you just wear the same thing? It's
1: like I, I have like three pairs of jeans. I rotate between yeah. like four hoodies and like 10 T-shirts.
0: It's yeah. Great. I'm the same way because the second, there's nothing I hate more than standing in front of the mirror trying to figure out if my outfit looks okay And if you reduce your wardrobe to basically just one outfit, you can never have that internal dialogue. Yeah, buddy. And then then you don't waste that time in the mirror debating, which, so I basically do what you do. I got 40 of the exact same gray t-shirts. I've got three pairs of jeans. And then sometimes I'll rotate between different sweatshirts or uh, hats or unbuttoned t-shirts so that, you know, I still kind of have that rugged man look that I like to go for. (laughs) (laughs) because that's what everyone thinks when they see rob bernstein is he's going for the rugged man look
1: (laughs) i was gonna say silicon valley failure yeah yeah
0: that's not bad uh the
1: 40 of the same gray t-shirt
0: close to that that is some
1: real serial killer shit dog
0: (laughs) not just that but i have uh instead of drawers i have like an industrial like shelf (laughs) that's just (laughs) stacks of the same exact (laughs) t-shirt with (laughs) underwear and socks and bins like like three months worth of underwear because for a while, I, I finally started paying for laundry because I kept waking up not wanting to do laundry and then just buying more underwear yeah. and then just buying more socks and then just buying more t-shirts, yes. getting dressed at models, going to work.
1: Oh, yeah. Dude, I mean, you're, you're acting like I'm not a 30-year-old yeah, single do, you dude. You do that too. Yeah. yeah.
0: The problem is I, I'm confronting, uh, I, I'm, I'm now reaching the point of waking where I either need to lose weight or I need to go buy a new 40 t-shirts. Which that, that, that's when, you know, it's like it, you got to make a decision here.
1: So you've gone from like the L's to the XL's?
0: No, no. I'm going from medium to large where the mediums are becoming a little bit. It's titty city. I need a large right now.
1: You're getting a little stretched out.
0: I'm getting Yeah, it's a little bit stretched out.
1: OK. Yeah. So, I mean, like this is I, I don't know if you've ever done anything like this before. Oh, Are
0: you I, kidding me? I've gone up and down <laughs> between 155 and 200 pounds. Every like that's yeah. that's my life. You go up, you go down. You go up, you go down. Yep,
1: I'm between 190 and uh, around like 250, somewhere right. in that neighborhood, pretty much at all times. But it's like it is. It's a 60 pound gap where it's like depends on what three month stretch you see me in. Uh, to, so like to that point, I was like a size 32 waist when I moved in. You know, with my with my last girlfriend, she lived with me for four years. By the time she moved out, I was like a 38, right, 40. Uh, You know, so like I'd moved on to like, so slowly but surely all that old stuff kind of went away and all that new stuff just kind of showed up. And, uh, you know, we were broken up for about a year. I was moving out of there and I looked in the trunk of my car and I found all the 32s that she told me to take to goodwill that I never dropped off. Boom, whole new wardrobe. Yeah, it's incredible.
0: Well it's fun when if if you do it over the course of enough years like if i go back to my my closet at my parents house i could just sw- i could do a full swap like let i, I just a car one day i could literally just swap out one size for it like with the whole wardrobe dude
1: i can't wait to see you walk around in like no fear t-shirts my- and <laughs> <laughs>
0: just, like that shit that was cool when we were in 8th grade i yeah cuz i do have that clothing from high school i'm burgundy yeah. that way it's all it's all stashed away um, all right. So here's a fun thing. It's Valentine's Day. I'm sure a lot of you um, might be single. You might be looking for some love in your life. And we actually have an expert that um, we're going to call in a couple of minutes might have some tips for us. Now, he's a fan of part of the problem. And he hit me up on Twitter. And he said that he's been doing impressions of me on dates. And that the impression of me is getting him laid, which that is like, I'm not even getting laid doing me. How is someone else doing a better job getting laid doing me? That was my first question. The other thing is the last three episodes we were trying to have him on and he failed to pick up the phone because it turned out he was getting laid. Um, so I, I think this guy's like a, a serious expert, also an electrician. I got a lot of respect for uh, for working men out in the field. So uh, Harrington, let's get him on the line. What's up? Is this Ralph? Yeah, hi. Yeah, it's Ralph. What's going on, buddy? How's your evening going?
2: Uh, it's good. It's good. Hey, I'm just, I'm in a bar right now, but I'm walking outside. No, no, I love it. No,
0: no, no. Stay in the bar. Let's keep the setting. It sounds to me like you're out searching for some lonely last-minute Valentine's Day action.
2: Okay, wait. Hold, hold on. Hold on. You're, you're pretty quiet. All right. All right. Please, please repeat your last transmission.
0: <laughs> My last transmission. I... Uh, it sounds to me like you're out searching for some lonely last-minute Valentine's Day vag. Is that the plan for the oh,
2: evening? Oh no, no, not tonight. No, no. T- today's a work day. I'm. Uh, I was just getting some nachos. Some nachos for the work van? Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I'm. I'm. Uh, not not searching for any any ladies right now. I actually have three on the go, so uh, I had to, you know give it a little, little rest for a little bit,
0: you know, you know what I mean? Sure. I have that problem all the time. So hundred <laughs> percent, I get where you're coming from. Okay. So first and foremost, you hit me up on Twitter. You said that you've been doing an impression of me on dates and that's getting you late. So firstly, is that accurate or was that just something you were throwing out there on Twitter?
2: Robbie, it is 100% accurate. I, <laughs> uh, I don't normally use Twitter, right. uh, but I, I, I've had a good time listening to you and Dave Smith on the Part of the Problem podcast, and uh, I just thought I had to hit you up and let you know. Uh, so anyway, um, <clears throat> I guess uh, an important part of, of you know dating women is uh, making them feel comfortable. You know, you know what I mean? Sure. They have, to, they have to feel comfortable in your presence. So I've noticed uh, listening to you on the Part of the Problem podcast, uh, when you talk to Dave, you're, you're kind of play the role of like, oh, um, i um, I think that's the word, but you know, you're kind of, you kind of, he's bouncing stuff off of you, but you've got this, this cadence to your voice. Um, that's really relaxing and, and also not just your cadence, but it's your attitude. Um, yeah. I, uh, so I, I just want to let you know that um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's working out. And uh, I, yeah, so just the way you talk is, uh, It's it's been pretty good. It's been working great.
0: (laughs) This is is incredible intel, and I appreciate it. I'm feeling inspired, and I hope that other people get out there, hit the road with my voice, get laid as well. Um, I'd love to hear, I guess, a little bit of what your impression of me even sounds like. And then it's also, like, let me ask you, before you were doing this, you must have been getting laid a lot. Like, I think you must be significantly better looking than I am, and we're combining that with my voice, or... Or also, like, I, I don't know, Harrington, do I have a, ple- I don't think I have a pleasant voice. I mean, Soothing you know, is the wrong word.
1: No, it's grating, um, you know, for me, because yeah. of usually the content of your words, but, <laughs> you know.
2: I, yeah, I, Mike's right, Mike's right about that. You can be pretty uh, crass sometimes.
0: Okay, so that, so in other words, my tonality is good, it's just my, my verbiage is bad.
2: Yes, definitely. Um, I, oh geez, okay, an impression of you, okay. Yeah, um, um you kind of you kind of go hey yeah yeah like whatever you say you're you know like you you you're very affirmative in the way you talk to to people and and uh yeah just me as a listener it it felt uh you know it felt good i felt relaxed i felt relaxed and comfortable that's you know that's uh that's uh what, that's it there you go i like it <laughs>
1: oh i picked up
0: on it there what A you little? really hammered <laughs> at the end there?
2: No, so when, I'm, not, I'm not good at doing uh, the, this on, you know, on the spot, you know. <laughs>
0: no, no, I got you, buddy. No, that's true. The stern thing definitely comes from uh, from working sales and knowing how to kind of accentuate what you're saying to drive it home. Uh, but I think you also did pick up on that. I I, I do have those listening cues where I can kind of get someone to continue talking, which is what he was playing off with with the Dave thing. So. You know, I, I'm, I'm just happy to hear that someone else is road-testing my <laughs> my style of Def, speech. And that, and that you're getting laid. That's great. Now...
2: Yeah, how... and, and hey, Robbie. Um, I just listened to the last three episodes of the Run Your Mouth podcast. And, uh, yeah, um, I'm glad I tuned in. I'm going to continue tuning in. And uh, i just got to say, the best chocolate bar is O'Henry, hands down. What? And the hottest, the hottest politician is Tulsi Gatter- Goddard.
0: Can you pull up a picture of her? I don't know her offhand. But wait, wait. Of every, of every candy bar that exists in the entire world, you're taking O. Henry as your number one? Yeah, I, I, I totally am. I know. like I, When I was
2: younger, I hated O. Henry, but now that's all I want. It's like you've got some peanuts in there. It's great. You know, I'm always hungry, so it totally some su- works. It's
0: su- a sustainable energy. I don't know. I haven't had an O. Henry in a long time, but I feel like that's a flagrant hot take to say that that's a number one. You're just placing it ahead. Well, what's your favorite? You know, I, I'm not like a big candy bar guy, so I don't really have like a favorite. But like if someone said Butterfinger, I would get that. Classic Ree- Reese's, I kind of understand. Um, yeah, Reese's Pieces is good. Reese's Pieces is even a bit of a hot take. But, you know. But
2: you don't get enough. I feel like you don't get enough when you get Reese's Pieces.
0: That's true. Now, um, all right, a couple more questions for you on the dating scene. So firstly is uh most of these people that you're throwing my tricks at, is that like, oh, wow, this chick is hot. She almost looks like Ocasio-Cortez aged well. You know what I mean? Like, this is the MILF version of Ocasio-Cortez. She got a little well, bit of the crazy out of her eyes.
2: Yeah, yeah. So the thing with AOC is she's, she's kind of cute. She's got a nice set of breasts. But <laughs> she's an she's a insane, like, communist. Like, I don't, even, I don't even know what her deal is. Like, she's scary and, and crazy in a bad way. No, in a bad way.
0: I agree 100%. All right. I know that you said you had like a client that you had to get to, so we'll let you off the phone. Really appreciate you calling in and uh, giving us some feedback on how we can get laid more. The answer is you got to make sure that people feel comfortable. Last question I got for you is, so you, you, you've been like a longtime listener of part of the problem, right? Uh, I would say about three months. Three months. Okay. Um, I, w- I was listening to Owen
2: Benjamin and he was talking about Dave Smith and eventually I was like, okay, I got to check this guy out. And that's how I found you.
0: Love Owen Benjamin. Okay, so here's my question for you. I'm not busting your balls, but I do like to get a little bit of market feedback of what we can be doing better. How do I... I feel like there's still a lot of part of the problem, like listeners, that enjoy me and have no idea that this podcast exists. How do I fix that?
3: Okay, well...
2: um, I don't know if you... I guess number one is rep your cast more... Okay, no, I I I have a tip for you. Okay, Put it on YouTube, because right now you're on SoundCloud, and, like, I don't fucking use SoundCloud. Fuck that. I go on YouTube, and I rip stuff on YouTube, and and then I put it on my phone, and I listen to it while I'm not streaming, you know, like, less data usage. So, yeah, put it, upload it on YouTube, bud.
0: No, that's a good tip. And then also, if I'm on YouTube, I can probably figure out the algorithm a little bit, that if people are looking at Gas Digital stuff or Dave Smith stuff, specifically part of the problem that I've been on, I might be able to get, like, linked on that sidebar. It's possible. Another thing... Yeah. Another thing too is like um
2: people think all like libertarians are are crazy and just want to I don't know be left alone and stuff. I don't know. So think of ways to make uh, libertarianism attractive to the younger crowd and uh, uh you know the anti-authoritarian type people and yeah. <laughs> I well, hope that I not... hope that helps. Yeah.
1: That, that's why we had you on, just to let people know libertarians get hot young pussy.
0: <laughs> well, we don't know the quality of who he's being, and we just know that my voice is working on someone. He's, which... he's doing a Robbie B
1: impression. I guarantee they're all 9s and 10s.
0: Are they? Are these very good-looking chicks that you're picking up?
2: Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm in a bit of a bind, actually, because I have a fling with one, and she's great. She's a, she's a teacher. Uh, but I met another one who I like more. So, uh, things are turning out pretty well with,
0: with this, well, I'll, the new lady, I'll tell you what. L- um, I'm doing fi- some pottery with her. Let me fix this tomorrow. for you. Firstly, that's already why he gets laid and I don't, he's willing to do pottery with someone. We just got the answer. Like I'm not doing pottery ever, but I was going to say before <laughs> you said the pottery thing, I'll help you out. The one that you're kind of sick of, just send her my way. She can get the authentic version of my voice and you can upgrade. Everybody wins.
2: I would, uh, I, geez, no, no way. <laughs> I'm going to have to let her down softly somehow. It's, it's going to be tough.
0: No, just let her know. Listen, I got a second option for you. Like, it's not working out between me and you, but there's another guy. He talks I, very similar to me. I think you'll get along, and he's okay with my sloppy seconds. So I think it's a win for everybody. Don't, don't you guys have Tinder over there in New York City? Yeah, I gotta get on it. I haven't been on it in a long time. Yeah, get on that, man. Yeah. All right, man. It was an absolute pleasure talking to you. Uh keep
2: on. Uh, right, yeah, Robbie, yeah. one more thing. Can I can I can I rep a podcast that I listen to? Yeah, absolutely. You mean you want to plug something? It, it's called the No Agenda Podcast. Noagendashow dot It's with Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak. They've been doing media analysis for about ten years. They have a twice-weekly show. That's the noagendapodcast.com. They're fantastic. They it's a great way to, to that. figure out the mainstream media.
0: They better have paid you for that. And <laughs> I also want to just tell you it would have been hilarious if you plugged the FagCast and told us that they were better than we were. <laughs> I,
2: I don't know. The, I, I just listened to your last episode, the FagCast. I've never heard of them before.
0: Yeah, they're they're nice dudes. We enjoyed having them on. All right, buddy. Thanks so much for calling in. Uh, you know, if you got more tips, uh, more tips for us down the line, we'll make you the show's love expert. And, you know, just pitch us on some uh on some some tips, some pussy tips. That
2: that sounds great, Robbie. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you very much. All right, have a good one, dude. Seems like a nice enough guy. Yeah, man. He's out there doing pottery, getting laid a whole bunch. He's got too many women in his current roster. These are good problems to have.
1: I'm not mad at it.
0: I'm not mad at him either. All right, so let's get into the news a little bit. First news story I wanted to bring up is, uh, this was incredible to me, but Waffle House is actually taking reservations for Valentine's Day, and what's more romantic than getting diabetes with the one you love? Hell yeah. That's a nice time. Have you ever (laughs) been to a Waffle House? Hell yeah. Wait, do they have any in this area? It seems it's no. more of a, a you know, like, thing. You know, like Florida or something, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I went to a couple when I was in Florida. There's some in uh, South Carolina where my parents live, and Georgia and around there. It's great because everything is just pictures. Like right. it, it says what it is. But if, when you're hammered at three in the morning, there's nothing better than just pointing at chicken and waffles and having <laughs> them bring it to you.
0: This, <laughs> this one, is uh, it's it's all waffles is the idea. I take it, but. Yeah, I mean, like, there's, uh,
1: you know, they have some other stuff, but yeah, for the most part, it's just shitty, like, barely better than Eggo waffles, but... Oh, really? Yeah, they're not great.
0: It's not, like, a great...
1: No. Oh. No. Kind of
0: disappointing. So, it's fast food waffles.
1: I mean, dude, it's like, you know, you don't go to IHOP because they have gourmet pancakes.
0: Yeah, but I haven't been to IHOP in a long time. IHOP does not have gourmet pancakes, but their pancake concoctions have been so altered to the fact that it just triggers those lightning bolts of your brain. That cinnamon sauce that they're putting on them, and then they stack them, and then they put the whipped cream on. They, they do it right. You oh, know?
1: That's what Waffle House is so wa- for waffles. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. All right. I'm going to have to check out a Waffle House sometime. I don't know much about it. All right. Next news story I wanted to bring up is uh, Chuck E. Cheese. They're in a lot of trouble. The internet, they're in an uproar. There's a conspiracy theory going on that if you go to Chuck E. Cheese and you order... Their pizza. Firstly, have you ever been to Chuck E. Cheese? I have not. You've never, whole life, never been no. to Chuck E. Cheese. All right.
1: I didn't go when I was a kid and I don't have any, so I'm not allowed there.
0: <laughs> Are you actually not allowed in without kids?
1: No, you can't go in there without a child. Okay. I've tried.
0: let's find some kids and bring them to Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Hell yeah, dog. <laughs> Just as an investigative report, see what this is all about. But apparently, Chuck E. Cheese serves uh pizza and uh they're claiming, and you can look at the pictures online, that sometimes, I guess, if you ate half that pizza and sent it back, They'll just combine it with another half-eaten pizza and send it back out to the next party. And uh, I, to me, this is outrageous because I think it's pretty evident that you can trust the health standards of a restaurant whose mascot is a rat. Like, <laughs> you know, if there's anyone that you can trust, it's these guys. And the other thing I was thinking is how fun of a job must that be to be the pizza puzzle guy? <laughs> 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 the guy in the kitchen is trying to match up random pizza slices to make it look like it's a full pie. Like, that sounds to me like one lazy stoner didn't want to make a full pizza, two came out, and then, like, corporate was like, oh, we're just doing that. That is, that is perfect.
1: (laughs) We're just going to go with the lazy stoner method of, I mean, dude, honestly, it's children
0: eating there. They're not going to know the fucking difference. And children, no one has more disgusting germs on them than children. You know, like, what are you going to, you know, give them something else that they didn't already get from all the other snot kids? Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah, they're, they're fucking carpets for germs. The other thing, I don't know if this rumor's true, but this is one of those rumors that's so perfect that you, you want to believe it. It just, it, it's, it's about a corporation. It's soft and it's gross. That it just, it's something about this rumor is going to stick. You know what I mean? I say this rumor just has sticking power because it just sounds, it sounds believable.
1: Yeah, I mean, 100%. I, I don't see... Like, I don't see a place like that throwing anything out, much less like edible food that they can then sell to paying customers. Right. So, you know, I mean, at, the, at a certain point, it's just like, why even bother? Just make a pizza buffet.
0: Right. Not bad, because then you don't have to worry about combining them. Yeah. You know what I'd love to see is t- take the half a pie and y- you put it up like you get enough tokens. <laughs> like <laughs> you get 400 tokens that you can have the half eaten pie. Um. All right. Also, by the way, I just want to throw this out there. We're already kind of legendary for our defamation skills. So if you're out there, you have any good rumors that you want to start to spread, any come to mind, you think of a good one, hit us up, at gmail.com. Okay, next news story I want to highlight for you guys. This one really made me laugh, but there's this luxury building out in Brooklyn um, that basically – I'm going to read a little bit of the article. So they said they market it as being a luxury building with families. Um, a 38-year-old stay-at-home dad who lives there with his 10-month-old son. But then the Azure, which is currently advertising a 628-square-foot two-bedroom pad for $3,950 a month. So this is an ex- this is an expensive, high-end, you know, one of like these high-rise, nice New York City buildings with resin, with like you know all the amenities, the pools, the pool tables. One of these places. Hell yeah, yeah, those places are cool, dude. dude so they nice. They struck a deal to rent some 30% of its 150 units to the school, a college nearby. So now residents are resentful about sharing fancy amenities and common spaces with the students. Some of them topless or clad in pajamas who moved in last August. The students take over the gym said one female tenant. They're wearing earbuds and yelling to hear each other. It's not what you want to be as an adult. And I read this and I just think they're selling this to the wrong people. Like this would be a single man's paradise. You just got to get out there. Let single working men know that there's a high rise building loaded with college kids you know what, I, Harrington, this would be my move. I would just ride the elevator up and down with the six-pack, pretending like I just got <laughs> off work. <laughs> oh, you fucking creep. Be I like, bet you would. I'm rich. I'm really rich, and I just got off work. I got these six-packs. You know, who, who wants to join me? Just all night. Okay. Now, this is one of the favorite, Dude, I love this. Did you see this? The Ivanka vacuuming art exhibit? Yes, sir. All right, so if you're not familiar, go Google this, take a quick look, and then I'll tell you about it. But basically, they dressed up a lady to look like um, Ivanka Trump, and that just means they got an attractive-looking lady. That's it. She doesn't really look like Ivanka Trump. They just got a lady, and they claimed, hey, this is supposed to be Ivanka Trump, and then— it's an art exhibit where she vacuums and you can show up and throw breadcrumbs that she then has to vacuum. <laughs> and I was reading that I was like, "Well, do you also get to yell at her?" <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> I mean, like the the world we live in where I guess this is supposed to be some sort of a like a feministy thing to show that like it's supposed to like be a gripe on Trump, but you're you you know, you're like demeaning her daughter just the ridiculousness of, I guess, having a museum exhibit where you get to throw food for a lady to have to clean up. The other thing I was thinking is like, you get, if you have lunch before that, you go there, you throw some crumbs, you yell at her for a little bit, you get in a hand job. Who needs to date after that? I mean, that's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a full experience. It's fair. I, I I
1: guess my biggest problem with it is just like you're wasting food at that point. Yeah. So it's just a bunch of like, and it's a pretentious ass art exhibit where yes. this woman who's going to be doing this vacuuming almost certainly makes 10 times the amount of people who actually get paid to vacuum and clean up that fucking museum when this whole exhibit is done. You know what I mean?
0: 100%.
1: Like that is just, there's something about that that is so... It's just, like, we are rich, entitled leftists who just want to, you know, like, we just want to feel good about ourselves. Like, we are just as much in on the mob mentality that, like, we rallied against for years, but we have this person we can focus in on and we feel justified. It's just so gross, dude. I don't know.
0: 100%. The other thing I really uh, was thinking, you know, like, people will go to the, the guards in England and try and kind of get a rise out of them, the ones that have to, like, just stand there. I was thinking how fun it would be to show up to this and try and get this chick to get to be in an argument with you. <laughs> All right. Enough of that story. Next thing is that feminists got very upset about this week was um, an ad. I thought this was funny. They put it up, I think, in college dorms or something. Or I, I would assume that they would put this maybe where more men are hanging out than women. But it's a picture of Wonder Woman. And it says, do you wonder what that Wonder Woman gave you? You could have an STI get tested. Now, Mike, do you see this and get offended?
1: Hell no, dude.
0: I think that like there's something there's something adversarial between men and women. And I think if you're a lady, let let me explain from a humor perspective, if you're a lady and complain about how piece of shit men are and to go to extreme, you're just being funny. You know what I mean? This is just being funny. Like, yeah, you can make the same ad like, are you, are you grossed out by that dude's pee? Whatever, it doesn't matter.
1: Super sore after sleeping with that man? Yeah, whatever. You might have an STI. Yeah, I guarantee it, that was on the other building.
0: It doesn't matter. The point is, this is a funny thing. It catches your eye. It probably gets some people to get some STD checks. I laughed when I saw it. I'm giving props to this one.
1: See, here's the thing. I don't think it's that good of a joke. I I don't like you know like I don't I'm not mad at it because it's anti-feminist I'm mad at it because I don't know like I I do like the font I like the writing I like that it looks like 70s Wonder Woman right but everything about it is just like eh it's like a it's a decent ad I would see on a subway and maybe like do like a under my breath like I do when I see a fun meme but I don't know I maybe though You know, like at the end of the day, if I'm sitting there like, yeah, my dick has been a little itchy, I probably should get that checked out. (laughs) Like, that's the only way that's going to grab me.
0: Right. Uh, I don't know. Just, you need a visual, like they put on the top of like the cigarette packs of something gross to kind of be like, hey, this is what happens if you don't get it checked.
1: Yeah, that'll get me. I mean, or like, you know, double down on it. Like, hey. Hey. That bitch might have clapped back or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) And then just like somebody like Herdy holding a dick or something like, yeah, yeah, that might get me to check it out. But I don't know.
0: 100%. All right. This was the next article that I just thought was so funny was it was also in the New York Post and it was about this uh, Air Force pilot. She was the first female ever to become a Viper pilot. And she was relieved of duty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> how long did it take?
0: I, I, not not after two weeks. That's oh. it. That's it. it. If you read the whole, it was first female pilot, um, Viper pilot relieved of duty after two weeks. And so firstly, I love this because I just, I love seeing other people fail. It makes me feel a little bit better. I also love how mean the world is that we live in, that like, we never heard of this person Failing in life is not newsworthy. The fact that you have to like suffer a defeat like that and then have it in the newspaper. Just <laughs> fuck. like what world do we live in that you have to be like, hey, fuck this chick. She can't drive.
1: <laughs> oh, man.
0: It's so the opposite of Disney where it's like that story of you're going to be the first lady and you're going to achieve and you're going to get there. And then the New York Post article of like, yeah, yo, bitches can't drive. (laughs) Here's the thing. Yeah. Right. It's like she probably did have a crazy story to get to that point. Oh, my God. I'm sure it was a tough road.
1: Right. So like they can still make that Disney movie and you just end with the words. And that day she became the first ever female Viper. You never have to let it be known that she got
0: fired two weeks later. Right. Right. You know, the other thing is you hear Viper pilot and you're like, wow, it sounds like they trusted her with something really important. These are the people that do aerial stunts at stadiums
1: oh. like when
0: they that's it. She couldn't even they were running. They run the promotions at stadiums with the flyovers and the tricks and the and the propaganda and they had her in charge. And I bet they thought, hey, a pretty lady being the person yeah. who runs this squad, that's going to make us look really good. That's going to make for some good promotions. Um, it didn't work out. I don't know too many other details about it. I just think it's so it's so disgusting and shocking that you gotta report <laughs> on that, like
1: just slamming the chick, you know? I mean, you don't have to, but I think they're definitely pro there uh, chances are there was an ugly chick who probably could got have done a better on? job. <laughs> but it's like, eh, we're gonna like for the first female, we're gonna get one that's gonna look real good and like, you know, these combat boots or whatever. Yeah. You, yeah. Know?
0: you think they passed on her?
1: I think that—here's the thing. I think there's going to be a real homely, right. really good Viper flyer within, like, three years. And this chick's going to open the door for her by Maybe. being real hot
0: Maybe. and not too good. Maybe that's what—that's all you really need is one hot chick to plow the path for more qualified, ugly women.
1: That's how you break a glass ceiling. <laughs> Just get one hot chick. Ronda Rousey comes through now.
0: Right, right. Uh, or Dana, a, Dana Patrick. Sure. And now, like, I bet you're going to have, you know— some, some, some chick, chick who looks like a line. dump truck who's yeah, driving exactly, a car real just good. unbelievable at it. Yeah. Fascinating theory. I think you might be onto something with that one. Um, all right, so next thing I want to talk about is uh, Ralph Northam. Are you familiar with this Ralph Northam guy?
1: Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Personal hero. I mean, what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so he was uh, on the uh, on the news addressing uh, the fact that he was in... Co- no, it wasn't even... Here's the real thing. Dude, he's in med school. You're too old to be casually or in a humorously way in blackface, for one.
1: No. Bad take. What? Bad take, dog. Or lay it on me. I was still dressing up for Halloween when I was like 24, 25, going to big parties with my friends. But
0: you're really dumb. No, I'm kidding. No. I mean,
1: yeah, I I am, but I was with my friend who is like successful, and like it was his doctor and lawyer friends who I was hanging out with, and they were all dressing up like having a real good time. Some like uh, it was the year the Chilean miners were stuck in the well. Like guys were dressing up like Chilean miners. Like, I think
0: that's. Try and get some sympathy, pussy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go even that far. I think they just had like, you know, last minute idea. They had no idea what to do. Like, throw on a poncho, get your hair a little wet, and be like, yeah, I was stuck in a well. You know, that could have been Northam. Think about it, dude. Black shoe polish and a bed sheet. Those are the two easiest costumes to throw on last minute when you're trying to get some puss in med school.
0: Could be. See, you're, you're going with the it must have been Halloween and that they didn't come up with the costume. And so they put this together last second. Bed Do sheet, you? shoe polish.
1: Well, is there a theory that they were just
0: at a like clans and slave party? I just looked at – it was a collage of what looked like it was the guy's favorite things. (laughs) Yeah, I had a good time on Halloween with my buddy. The other thing is like, okay, I think you're old enough that if you – even if you did that, I guess jokingly in Halloween, putting it in your yearbook – along with, like, your other pictures, your favorite things, is a little bit suspicious. Like, I really love the fact that I was in blackface, and I love that I was hanging out with a dude in a Klan's mask.
1: Maybe he met his wife at that party, and it was, like, the best night of his whole year at med school.
0: You know what? You've got a... your trial lawyer skills would be great. If someone got pulled in like with drugs red handed, you could be, well, maybe someone just super glued those to his hands. Were you there when that ended up in his hands? How do you know a magician didn't just creep it in there? He didn't even realize it was in his fist. Look, I'm just saying it's a reasonable doubt. Okay. It's and a that, reasonable doubt. That's all doubt. you need. That's uh. all you need. Okay. <laughs> so, firstly, they're saying that this guy, he's got to step down. He's got to step down. And like, fuck that. Fire me. It's a job. And I'm going to work here till you fucking fire me. I'm going to take the pay. And here's the other thing. Like, you can't do anything worse at this point. Like, you know, you're probably not getting elected. This is a free four years of of, of salary for not really having to work. So I respect him for not stepping. I'm not saying go out in blackface. And I'm not saying that that's appropriate. But I am saying if you get busted in blackface and they can't fire you from your job, you've got a good four years coming up.
1: Well, I mean, like, I here's the thing. It's always been one term in Virginia, which everybody seems to be bringing up with this oh, guy. Really? Yeah, it's one term per governorship. Uh, you, There's no term limit. Yeah. You can be governor like uh, 40 times, but it can't ever be back-to-back years. So you get to be governor or back-to-back terms. You get to be governor for whatever the term is, one year, two years, three years. At the end of that, you can't be governor anymore. And then as for, long as
0: you don't do blackface over the two years that you're out... <laughs> You can get (laughs) back in there. You can get back in. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: But I think this guy is more like there's nothing else for him to do after this. Like, he's not going to have a future in politics really after this, probably.
0: I wonder what kind of money... Oh, he was a doctor. He was a career-long, I think, like, neuro... Like, some uh, some high-end doctor, I think. He might be able to go back to being a doctor, possibly.
1: I mean, dude, you are just like... Whatever, dude. Once you become a governor of something, you're kind of just good for life.
0: Is that true? Kind of. One run at governor and you're... you're making enough money from that or you just have enough political connections that I
1: mean, it's political connections. It's, you know, uh, you know, shake hand jobs after it's appearance fees. You know, you get to say like, yeah, I was the governor. I was, you know, people shake your hand. They still have to call you governor for the rest of your life. Like it's, it very it's prestigious. much. Yeah. It's got you- some
0: prestige. Um, all right. So I want to play the video starting at 41 seconds when he's being interviewed about his experience with, uh, with blackface, uh, hit a for us, Mr. Harrington. What have you learned that you didn't know before?
3: Well, several things, starting with I was born in white privilege, and that has implications to it. And uh, it is much different the way a white person uh, such as myself is is treated in this country. uh, Did you not know
0: that you were born into white privilege?
3: I knew I was, Ms. King, but I didn't realize really uh, the powerful implications of it.
0: Somehow we missed the the first line. the first line is: Firstly, he says they ask him how did how were, this was the eighties, it wasn't the sixties. How did you not understand that blackface was offensive? And he responds that he thinks he should be graded on a curve. And I love the concept of being graded on a racist curve. That like <laughs> I grew up in a different time in the south, and so I should be allowed some level of racism because like. I just, I got to be great on a curve. You can't just judge me like today's people. Like there was some degree. That's a funny concept. Then what happens here, which is funny, is they start talking about white privilege and they just talk about it like it's a certifiable disease. Like when did you go see your doctor to be evaluated for your level of white privilege? Oh, well, I didn't quite really understand how much white privilege I had. It's just like (laughs) playing into this reality that that really is such a real and important thing when to me it's like it's certifiably nonsense or maybe you can consider the implications or what it really means to have grown up with privilege i like i i did a joke about this a while ago and it was kind of derivative of stano but real privilege is being beautiful like that's real privilege or growing up super wealthy is privileged i don't really like i think that there's some black people who have a ton of privilege there's some white people that have not a lot of privilege it's not a color you know what i mean like people are born with more opportunity than others and yeah that's a privilege. But like. I, firstly, what are you saying? So it's like someone who 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 has privilege—they're not supposed to have opinions or something. Like they they can't really have a good understanding of the world because like. So does that mean someone who had the privilege that they were born as a super intelligent person shouldn't be trustworthy or his thoughts shouldn't be given full credence because of his because of his his privilege of his intelligence? I think the joke I said in a long time on a podcast here was like. You know, Einstein could come forward and be like, "Hey, I solved cancer," and they'd be like, "Well, listen, I don't know. Were you molested as a kid? You know, like, because <laughs> if you weren't molested, if you if you're not some sort of a tragedy victim, I don't even know if we can respect your opinion. Like, where's this coming from? This this opinion of yours, this cure from cancer, is coming from uh, uh is coming from a privileged place. Yeah, yeah. So, you've never had cancer. How would you
1: know how to cure cancer? Maybe your cancer.
0: Yeah. I can't trust you. I can't possibly trust your opinions because it's coming up from a place of privilege. Okay, next is Elizabeth Warren announced that she's running, um, and I don't think she has a chance. Mostly because I don't think America is going to vote for someone that looks like a Chucky doll. That's what I think. I don't <laughs> think she's got a chance. The other thing is, I really she likes talking about my daddy, my my uh. my, my, my jan my daddy, grown my dad my my daddy was a janitor. My daddy. I really want to make shirts of like um like a white t-shirt or even like a red t-shirt with a blacked out uh, picture of like a janitor and he's like, you know, sweeping a floor or something and then underneath it says, I'm proud of my daddy, vote Warren for president, you know, 2000, whatever. <laughs> the, I'm proud of my daddy t-shirts. Okay, so roll a little bit of the tape of her making her grand announcement. This is the fight of our lives. The fight to build an America... Fast forward to like two minutes and play from there. I stand... And it saved our family. I ended up in a commuter college that cost $50 a semester. (laughs) But think about it. That is how the daughter of a janitor... Managed to become a public school teacher, a law professor, and a United States senator. Pause it. And all I had to do was lie about being an Indian. That's all it took. (laughs) (laughs) I was able to accomplish all these great things, and that was the only thing that I needed to do. Okay, next article I want to highlight is um, Prince Philip, uh, 97 years old, is ready to surrender his driver's license after a January crash. Um, and what I appreciate, you know, like, this is just a, a common trope that uh, people from England have bad teeth, right? Yeah. And that's a thing, but whatever, call it like a stereotype, not, but I was looking at the picture of Prince Philip, you can pull it up, terrible teeth. And this this is like the royalty of royalty. Ooh, Don't think
1: he's British though, doggy. What do you mean? I think he's like Dutch or something.
0: But he's the, he's the Prince, what he you, or something? Yeah. Oh, dude, his teeth are wretched. Yeah. So, okay. Here, I got another person I want you to look up now. Look up David Gilmore, um, 2018, 2007, whatever. You can go 2018. Okay. And I want I want you to take a look at a picture of David Gilmore at age two, you know. Okay. We could find one with him in open mouth. Also... I saw him in an interview recently, terrible teeth. If you don't know David Gilmore is, he was the, um, uh, guitar player from Pink Floyd. He put out a lot of, uh, solo, you know, his own fantastically wealthy, um, great guitar player. I I mean, I love Pink Floyd, love his music, but what's interesting to me is that like, these are some of the wealthiest people out of that country and they don't give a shit. They literally just don't give it. Like these guys could go get themselves perfect teeth. They just don't give a shit. I like that that's a top-down, like there's pressure in, I, I find women with gray teeth very attractive. I don't have great teeth. I like that's one of those things. I gotta like I gotta be going to the dentist more often. I gotta be teeth whitening. But I'd love to live in a place where even the royalty be like, fuck, we don't give a shit about our fucking teeth. That, that's a top-down thing. Cause if like imagine if the Kardashians had shitty teeth, we wouldn't feel like, hey, I gotta go out and get my teeth whitened. You know what I mean that it, it's a top down thing the celebrities kind of set a standard where you're watching TV and you're like oh this is what good looking people look like we all got to go do this but you can go to other countries that's cultural relativism you don't need to have nice fucking teeth
1: i like how you know that does actually make sense because you know Caitlyn Jenner car accident uh, Paris Hilton bad car accident those guys they don't get in any kind of trouble either Prince Philip gets into a car accident. All he has to do is hand over his license. He's 90-something years old and shouldn't be driving a car anyway. Right. He's got chauffeurs and butlers. Like, you know, it it is that same kind of like, you know, American royalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. 100%. And they they set a standard. It's kind of like also the other thing is we kind of – I think people in their own brains will mold their life around their value system or stated differently what they think is cool. And so a lot of what we'll do as a culture – is if something's really cool and we give a lot of money to it, we're going to see more of that. So it's like, if, as a theoretical, if there was a scientist and we thought he was the coolest person ever, we'd probably get more kids who are like, oh man, I really want to, I want to be like that scientist guy that everyone knows and loves. Now I'm not saying, like, I'm not, I'm an idiot, you're an idiot. I'm not saying, like, culturally we should all sit down and start praising people who are giving charity. But I am saying, if we did that, we'd have more people giving charity. And so like there is a cultural standard here of like the way wealthy people operate and the fact that we think that they're cool for that like we are kind of molding people like hey this is what you're supposed to be doing so props to these people that they don't give a shit about their shitty teeth they know that they're poor people out there they can't go out there and uh just uh afford brand new spanking teeth And they're like i'm gonna relate to the common man i'm gonna look shitty myself so they don't have to feel bad for looking shitty and for that i give them props Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay. <laughs> Last thing that I want to talk about. Actually, no, I got two more things. Greta Van Fleet. They just won uh Did you watch any of the uh the Grammys? Absolutely not. Yeah, I never Did you worry, I never really like checked out the It was never a thing to me. Dude, of all the award shows, like I will check in on the Emmys
1: sometimes if right. I can like really it's only the Globes and and the Oscars. And only in real big years, right? The Grammys never once. Dude. Never
0: once. It it's not my side of culture at all.
1: I think the last one I cared about genuinely was yeah. whether or not Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera would win uh, Best New Artist nice. in like the fifth grade.
0: I seem to remember as a kid, and I don't remember why I watched it. But watching the one where uh, uh for So Smooth uh, Santana won like nine Grammys instead yeah. of right. Re- for some reason, I remember watching that one live. But that's Ooh. I don't remember why I was watching that.
1: Uh, Grammys actually probably the most fun award ceremony to bet on. I remember. Ooh, interesting, dude. The year Justin Bieber was up for Best New Artist, he was minus like five thousand or something like that. That's a fun thing. To I bet took on. every dog in the field because like it was like you know there was like a few good bands in there and then one I'd never heard of and it was like fifty to one and I was like screw it I'm gonna put twenty bucks on that. It ended up hitting. I want a thousand dollars. Uh, on Boom. this crazy band Boom. I'd never heard of before. It's, it's also,
0: it's so funny w- winning and losing, like, serious money on just, like, sports, enough people bet on it, it feels like it's normal to bet on it. Yeah. But when you're betting on things like the Grammys, it's just hilarious. Oh,
1: yeah, no. I mean, dude, like, I'm the I'm the type of person who, you know, learn the rules of international cricket just to bet on it. Yeah, it's It's funny. the most fun thing it's ever. It's so
0: funny. I used to love doing, um, I, I, I have one friend who'll just, if I'm hanging out with him, will take any bet. So I used to always have fun just making ridiculous bets. Like one of my fun ones was at a Yankees game, betting on how long like a concession worker worked there, like the over under oh, just that's by great. looking at them, like that kind of shit. Those I love, like just getting ridiculous bets going on, just nonsense. Huh? That's a fun one. Um. Okay. So this guy Greta Van Fleet, they won they won the Grammys as a rock band. They played um uh on Saturday Night Live a couple weeks ago, and what's I, It blows my mind. I grew up, like, with K-Rock, and I loved all of those. As much as I love jam bands and shit, my bands are still Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, ACDC, Rage Against the Machine, like, those 90s grunge shit that I kind of grew up in, like, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade with, right? And I even remember in high school going to, K-Rock used to throw concerts, and there was something, as much as I love, like, classic rock, there was something interesting about going as, like, a, I'm gonna say, like, a 17 or 18-year-old going to a concert with other 17 or 18 year olds and listening to like angry music. It, there, there was like a vibe to that. Like going to uh I think like one of the bands I saw was a like Smile Empty Soul at like some small venue. And like li- like, you know what I mean? Like moshing with other kids oh. and, who are just also angry and listening yeah. to like that style of music. There was really something to that. And it still blows my mind as a person who kind of like To me, rock and roll is such a part of America and such a part of, like, my cultural experience and, like, so much of my life, the background of the music that I like or even what I think of as being cool, it's rock and roll. Like, that's part of America. But then you realize, like, that's me. That's me being weirder, being a little bit older than, you know, modern... Like, rock and roll is almost not a thing anymore. Like, in New York City, one of the biggest music markets, there is no K-Rock anymore. There's no young rock station. That doesn't exist. So it's cool that a band like Greta Van Fleet can come around and kind of pop into the mainstream. It's it's rare. You basically have the Black Keys, who I who I like. You got the Foo Fighters. Other than that, you don't really Metallica, but they're like an old band with like their old built-in fan base. You don't really have like new who else is there? There's uh
1: Well, we just had Royal Tuscan here on S T R this week. Those guys are pretty fucking cool. Um, they're kind of blown up. Are they popping out? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Uh Wolf Mother was pretty popular a few years ago. Oh yeah,
0: Wolf Mother's pretty cool.
1: You know? Like they are they had like,
0: that one they had that one hit song and they sounded a lot like they were they a little bit of Jack White, like in a big way, right? I w- Can you the, play their one hit song for a minute? Uh I bet if you just YouTube Wolf Mother, whatever's the this? Yeah, this was
1: I get a very Zeppelin vibe from them.
0: Very Zeppelin. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So here's the thing with Greta Van Fleet. You nailed it. Firstly, he looks like the uh, the guy from like the uh, I, not Honeycrisp. I want to say like the honey the honeycomb commercials. Remember that thing that ran around? Me want honeycombs. He looks like that guy. He sings like he's taking a shit, and it doesn't even look like. The music's coming out of his mouth. It, it it just looks like I I don't know. It's like a fucking muppet for basically uh um uh not Jimmy Page. but uh, Help me out here. Oh my God, I'm forgetting the lead singer of Zeppelin's name. Um, Ooh, uh... Robert Plant. He just looks like it looks like he's a muppet for Robert Plant's voice back in the '60s. Um, I don't think they they weren't as early as the '60s. But play the first YouTube link of Greta Van Fleet. make it loud you know let's let's give the let's give the people the juice <laughs> What's up? Now, that song is perfect. However, if someone didn't tell you when I first time I heard that, I was like, I never heard that Zep song before. Where did that <laughs> song? Like, I, I know Zeppelin really well. Where is that great Zeppelin song coming from? There's something so derivative about what they're doing that they're essentially a cover band that while their songs are catchy and they're perfect, it's just I, I can't stand when unoriginal shit rises to the top. This just is not new and original. This is not what Pearl Jam and Soundgarden came around and like kind of innovated a new sound that yeah they built off of, or even like the Stones or Zepp. They say ripped off a couple people, and you know the guys built off of what the blues guys did in a real way. But there was some. This is like straight up a Zeppelin impression. Thirty years later, coming from young kids, so it's kind of fresh. And to me, it's just I I don't know. It, it it annoys me. Um, Nah, dude.
1: I mean, I think the the biggest thing for me, it's like they are it feels like a very millennial thing like yeah we're going to go back to uh analog
0: you know you what mean i mean it, oh so to you it's almost like the the hipster thing where they're like listen i'm not being authentic but that's because everything's kind of lame so we're just going to we're we're going to run yeah. with this old school thing it's almost like i i I've never been able to but like when i see people and i'm almost guilty of this but when i see people really ro- rocking fashion Sometimes I look at someone, I'm like, you're spending your entire life as if you're going to a costume party. Like, when I see someone in New York dressed up like a cowboy, like, y- you're you're playing a fucking character. You see, like, these kids when they were wearing, like, the 1950s mustache or shit, yeah. or, like, they go for, like, the lager look with, like, a giant... Like, you're literally spending every single day of your life as if you're, like, going to a costume party. Like, why yeah. do your own thing. So you're saying this is a new age thing where people are okay with being inauthentic because that's kind of cool in its own way is that i don't know that's kind of what you're seeing i
1: think it's more like you listen to everything that's happening now and it's like we're going down this trajectory where it's going like from like just look at rap music right right starting with like the you know boom bat and the you know the stuff in the 80s to you know we had the heyday in the 90s the early 2000s with the gangster rap and all that now we're into like it's literally guys just making like clicks and blips with like you know a, a drum machine and an 808 machine going behind him and it's like it feels like something like this is like, look, rock went the way of that. It's time to bring it back to what worked. You know, and like, I think, you know, a lot of these bands came up in the 70s and, and right. 60s as cover bands of bands that came before them and they developed their own sound from that. And I think these guys well, just... Well, I
0: wonder, I, 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 where I give them credit and I wonder if that will happen and I've seen it happen in stand-up where for a a chunk of time, somebody's basically doing an impression of a more successful comic. And that since they're able to continue like working professionally because they get the early heat, they develop their own sound where the other way of doing it is like, you just keep working behind the scenes for 20 years. And then finally we got the original thing, but that's a hard life. So if in three years, if this is their freshman effort and it's basically a cover band, and then in three years from now, they put out something that's like really original, God bless like, then, God bless, you got out early by ripping someone else's sound off and you got out there. You know what I mean? I don't hate on it. Um, The other thing, w- what you were saying was back then they were all kind of doing cover bands is that every once in a while on YouTube I'll find random, what I'm going to call acid rock bands from, like, the 70s. And what's interesting about music from that era is that even the ones that didn't make it, that you and I have never heard of, that didn't have any, like, Every single album kind of sounds the same and they're all good to me. Like I just kinda like that era of music when blues kind of evolved into what you can almost like call acid rock. And there's so many bands out there that just had unbelievable record. Like if I was alive in that time, you see footage of Pink Floyd when they were just the underground house band. And I, like it blows-like, where in New York City is that now? Because it's somewhere. There's some young, really cool band who's playing some small venue. You know what I mean? But how do you find that shit?
1: I mean, yeah, I'm just going to, like, this is, I hate to do this. Got to give a plug to my boys, Easy Tiger. Okay. They are, like, they are doing exactly that. It's just four dudes wanted to play some music together. They riff hard. They go crazy at their shows. And it's like they play these shitty little gigs all over Brooklyn and Manhattan. And there's probably, like, 40 bands, 50 bands just like that that are doing the exact same thing. And they don't do a good enough job promoting themselves on social media for me to care about them or right. for it to get into my world. But it is a thing where if you're seeking it, you can definitely find it. And that's kind of where I think that live entertainment thing is going, where like it's gonna be cool again to come out to shows for five bucks, like it was in the sixties, when right. you could see Eric Clapton and Jimi Hendrix on the same night for like four bucks at a VFW haul, you right. know?
0: So here's something um on that point that I was saying of uh like, how many just unbelievable bands there were in the 70s. Can you pull up a band? It's called Blue Cheer. I was I was at a brewery the other day, and they were playing this band. It sounds a lot like Janis Joplin, and I'd never heard of them. Oh, here we go.
3: Jesus. Yeah.
0: Or you go listen to, like, Deep Purple. Those guys were fucking unbelievable musicians. Like, there was just so much music going on. Here's one more that I want to pull up. Put in fresh blueberry pancake, or it might be. I, I think it's fresh blueberry pancake. Um, uh, album. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Click on that. Let's give this thing a second. I found this album on YouTube. I don't know how. It just came across it. I've listened to it bunch in the background. Every single song is pretty cool. You're um, jumping ahead like 15 seconds just to kind of get nearly. It. No, pull back. Within that one song, just. Yeah. We'll do that I wanna do. It's like you could have just gone, gone into any bar and it, it was just great fucking music. You can exact-
1: I'm, I'm not going to lie, dude. You all, hate this? All, no. It's all good. The exact opposite. What all I want now is to like. Be a, in your
0: car just late at night driving?
1: I just want a full episode of this where you show me old 70s rock that I've never heard of while I'm maybe on some acid.
0: Okay, we could do that. That sounds like a fun episode, and I. Uh, I know anything about Joseph Roberts if it includes acid he's probably game so dude like this is a whole this is incredible it's a whole genre of music that's like almost acid rock 1970s acid rock there's so many of these bands here's the thing endless
1: I hear those words and I'm immediately checked out as a person yeah you you make me listen to a minute of their music and I'm like, oh, I'm in for this whole album. Like, <laughs> I these guys are gonna tell a story and I need to know what that story is.
0: I love it. I love that I got you on board for that. Okay, so now while we're talking about derivative of Led Zeppelin and we're shitting on Greta Van Fleet, which they kind of deserve it for. Um, so there was a, a I think a long running joke in uh amongst classic rock fans of you want to know what the best Led Zeppelin song is? Uh, yeah. Heart by Barracuda. (laughs) Play that one for a second. All right, and then I got one more for you. People can people can listen to these whole songs while they're at work. The last one I want you to pull up is going to be um, Lonely is the Night. I, I forget who the guy's name is, but if you just play it, put it into YouTube, Lonely is the Night, you'll get it. Oh, yeah, by Billy Squire. Listen to this. This is a Zepp song. This is the guy's one hit, and it's also just like every Zepp song you've ever heard. Oh, hell yeah. It's a Zepp. I love this song. I had no idea yeah. it wasn't Zeppelin. Yeah, of course you thought it was Zeppelin. All All right, that's enough. So like Zeppelin, I mean, they're in the news now. There's still allegations going for like the music that they ripped off. And it's not like no one's kind of done Zeppelin before. And I was once reading this thing about, I'm a giant Grateful Dead fan. I love the dead. And I was once reading through uh, like, this this I I spent like ten bucks. It was this Rolling Stone special edition about the story behind every one of their songs, and I had to put it down because um they were talking about how Jerry wrote Franklin's Tower after, and we're gonna play these two songs. You'll be able to kind of hear it. I might have this wrong because I read this years ago, but I think I was right. Um Jerry wrote Franklin's Tower after hearing uh um what's his name's uh that song take a walk on the wild side because he was like i just kind of like the boot the beat of the do 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 so and then you listen to that like his franklin's tower you're like oh he just took the guitar hook and kind of sped it up a little bit so here let's start with lonely as i mean start with uh uh lou reed start with lou reed a little bit just to kind of hear that bait that back and then you can do franklin's tower You just hear that. Doo, 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 doo. Came from Miami, doo, doo. All right, now now just put on Franklin's Tower. You hear the the basic thing to it is that like he puts his own twist on it. He's adding more chords, but at the core of it, it's he took the essence of Take a Walk on the Wild Side. <laughs> i'm just playing them over each other i can kind of hear it oh are you really well we don't have it timed out correctly but you keep doing that i'll start just tripping balls (laughs) oh yeah dude i can get real trippy real quick all right that's enough of that maybe we'll do a special uh maybe we'll have ralph Sutton on and we'll do like a a special 70s music run through because i guess apparently i have more knowledge about this than i would have otherwise have realized um but I, I don't know. I got mixed feelings on Greta, Grand, Greta Van Fleet. God bless breaking through as a rock band in this day and age. I would love to see more rock and roll music like come out. I actually, I think, like, there's, there's, I'll say something kind of trippy to me. That's just, there's something, there's an energy to rock and roll that doesn't exist in like what I hear from the hip hop music that I actually think is not just better background noise, but I think it's like better for the human spirit. I'm going to go so far as to say that. And so I hope that we get more good music. But there's something really rotten about the fact that as a culture, we're really celebrating something that's super derivative. Like that's what gets the Grammy in rock and roll is something that's essentially been done 30 years ago. Like it's just it's not what Tool was when I was a kid. It's not what Rage Against the Machine was. It's just it's not original.
1: I mean, who were the other nominees?
0: Um, I looked it up. One of them was uh, I didn't like I didn't like their new album, but Allison Chains was on there. Um, the other ones were like some metal bands that I hadn't heard of, but they were like metal bands, like Andrew WK is metal. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that operatic metal where in, in the back there's do you like Andrew WK at all? He's, he's not my thing.
1: Yeah. It doesn't really, never really struck. A yeah. It's with not me. my
0: thing. It's kind of all derivative of, um, and they got that one amazing song, which you should put on for us. Uh, and it's not, who's that song? The, the band that got that, the, uh, um, Iron Maiden it's kind of all derivative of like their style of metal a little bit. Um, Iron Maiden's got that unbelievable song and it's not the run for the hills, it's their other huge hit. Put that on in the background and then we're going to move on to our next story. It's enough of this rock stuff. Uh, Fear of the Dark? Yeah, yeah, I think it's that. You hear hear like how it's got the operatic melody kind of running through it. So I think what were the Grammy guys or the Andrew WK is kind of that sound, but... Fast forward a whole bunch on this. I think this is the song I'm thinking of. It gets real cool. Fear of the dark. No, it's not this. Unless go all the way to like. Fear of the dark. What might be. whatever it's enough of the music talk let's get into the one last news story that i wanted to highlight oh and then do you have time can we give you a quick call after this last news story yeah sure okay cool um so this article it just it made me laugh so hard and it was called rats have the run of city hall and i want to read it for you guys so um the city hall building had its share fill share of unwelcome visitors over the past nine years Municipal employees say the building's current rat infestation has grown in recent months from a gnawing problem to a potential public health crisis. Stafford City Councilwoman uh, Monica Rodriguez had spotted five rats since August, three in traps, two scurrying. They were running into the cupboards, eating colleague snacks, and a spokeswoman, Miss Rodriguez, they sound like um, the sounds they make when they get caught are not pleasant. Miss Lee and her colleagues have a video of themselves trying to trap a rodent under a cardboard box. It escaped. On Wednesday, one intruder left droppings on the councilwoman's desk. At least three other city council members report that they have seen rats in their offices. In the office of a staffer worker for city uh, council president Herb Wesson, a bad smell had grown worse by the day. The Department of General Services poked around and found a dead rat in the ceiling. As sometimes happens at City Hall, it took days for the bureaucracy to act and get the carcasses removed. The department is now authorized to bring different equipment or skinnier people to go up and get the difficult areas. Now, anyone who you ever hear preaching that they want government to be in control of more resources, I want you to understand that they can't even keep their own building free of rats and that when there is a rat problem, they needed to pass a motion to find a skinnier person who could go retrieve it from the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> like they are sitting around and like it was like if they got a guy and his arms weren't long enough and then they collectively sat back around and go, well, have we, has anyone tried get doing someone with longer arms? Can we go get that? All right, let's continue reading. General Services have tried to clean up around City Hall in the past month. Uh, 60 rat burrows have been dusted. 114 tree wells have been treated, and 24 rodent stations have been placed. There's currently no evidence of rats or fleas in Mayor uh, Garcetti's office, a spokeswoman says. City officials say they aren't sure what the rat uh, that the rat problems are worse than. Some point to the demolition of a nearby government building, which could have sent rats scooting to new digs. Other blames the city's large homeless population encampments have swelled from the skid row of a few blocks away to line city sidewalks outside city hall. In October, the Los Angeles County Health Department declared an outbreak of flea-borne typhus in downtown Los Angeles with the homeless accounting for almost half the cases. Rats are often host to typhus-carrying fleas. Mr. Wolcott, the city clerk, said she started spotting flea bites on her ankle in November, but she didn't see a rat until January. One night working late in her office, she heard a scratching sound. The rat was so big, I thought it was a possum. All right, so the last thing I wanted to read was there was one more line in here, um, which was, um, one second. Oh, city council members passed a motion Friday to explore ways of removing the rodents from the seat. That is the most government line ever. I want to read it again. <laughs> city council members passed a motion Friday to explore ways of removing rodents. Instead of having a meeting of how can we remove rodents, they passed a motion that they could, at a future point in time, figure out how they might address the rodent problem. That is straight out of fucking Monty Python <laughs> when they're having when they're passing a motion to not do more motions. That is like the level of government that we're working with. Okay, it's enough of the government talk. I want to give a call to, um, oh, we're going to save this for next week because we're going a little bit long, but I do want to talk about El Chapo and Bill Cosby, um, but it's enough of the negative stuff. Yosef just had his first child, and I want to give him a call. Um, you know, the thing oh, there is, he is, fresh, he, fresh out of the he, womb, crying he, away. Me. Oh. Making his
3: fucking debut like a champ.
0: Oh my god! Wait, the thing I...
3: is, you asked me maybe thirty minutes ago. Right. It's like
0: if we could do if, it, uh, and now it's a bad I time. I could do a
3: call in. No, no, no! It's a perfect time because, like, what's what's gonna be better? Um, but when I got the call, like, I'd already forgotten about it.
0: Oh, okay, like, we're, we're catching...
3: I'm just, I'm just in, like, a totally different universe.
0: Wait, can I, can um, can but I, yeah, can I hear some there of those is, uh... up, up close to remind me why I don't want kids? Because lately, all my friends have been having kids. I've really been enjoying uh, my nephew, and Dave Smith won't shut up about how much he loves his daughter. And I'm thinking, maybe I shouldn't have missed the opportunity to have kids, but hearing those screeches right there, it, it lets me know, keep living your lifestyle.
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um. All right. Oh, wow. So now that you finally had a boy, do you feel like you can get rid of the girls?
3: Um. Yeah, they're already up for uh, adoption. We're just waiting for them to be, uh, you know, claimed.
0: In all seriousness, do, do you put more value on on like is that a thing? Like, do you feel like more accomplished? Like, I got it right this time. And bear in mind, your your daughters will never hear this.
3: Um. Yes.
0: There you go. Man, I don't
3: think man, anyone's going to hear this though. So.
0: <laughs> we're good ah come on don't say that about our show um cool man and uh how weird was it being at 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 the briss of your own kid is it a is it a little bit of a bug out at the briss,
3: the thing is i i uh i'm like very i'm very like cringy with any type of blood or anything. i am too
0: i don't want to be there for it like Like, I don't, I I think it's great that, you know, it doesn't bother me that it's done by a rabbi. We've been doing it for long enough. My penis works, your penis works, all of our penises work. But I almost would prefer ceremonial, like, if, I guess if I, if, if they were doing it in, like, a very sterile, like, environment next door, and then they came out and, like, they're like, all right, we did it. And then everyone, you know what I mean? It's, like, a little bit weird that they just kind of do it up on an altar.
3: Yeah, but, um, I'll tell you. No, there, there he is again. Um, I did such a good job of not looking at anything throughout the whole thing. Right. And, like, I, I just kind of knew, like, what you know, they said, like, you don't have to look, like, you don't have to be there. You just have to kind of be around. Right. And I, was, I, I played it to a T perfectly right up until, um, hold on a second. <laughs> it's so it's bad. so joyous it's so it's bad so joyous <laughs> i mean that kid's a real trigger. um yeah he's got he, he's he's definitely got the uh
0: well he did just have his penis snip so you know you can't get too mad at him well that was
3: can i just tell that's you that's over a week ago he, he's fully healed and and you know, uh, his dick game is, is great. Um, but (laughs) as I was saying, I was, uh, um, I was, I was doing a great job of not seeing anything right up until they were doing like the naming and I'm up there with, with the, uh, with the Moel, with my wife, with my two daughters, with my parents. Um, and they're doing the naming and my, uh, my crazy three-year-old I see that she like kind of leaves the group, and she makes a beeline to the the Uh, table where all the utensils are. Right, right. I was like, and she she grabbed like a scissor. Oh no! And that's when (laughs) I turned around to get her, and of course I see I see my uh, my son Henry's uh, foreskin right right there attached. (laughs) One of the scissors on the table. Oh no! And, uh, Oh, you didn't
0: have to share that with us. Oh God! Please, buddy. So that's kind of and it was just it was just sitting there, you know, majestically. No, 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 that's enough. I get it.
3: I get it. I get (laughs) it. I get it. it. Good, good for you. But the thing is, I, as I said, I did such a good job of not looking, and I wouldn't have seen anything. Uh, And then I just,
0: yeah, yeah, that's gonna that serves me right. That's that's imprinted for life, buddy. Every time I've ever been to a Briss Harrington, have you ever been to one? No. So. The good thing is afterwards there's a nice spread. You get you get to you get to see your friends. It's like it's a bigger deal, but it, it is surgery in a synagogue in the morning. Um, Every time I've ever gone to them, in my head I just hear Sam Kinison when they like right when they cut like and the kid starts crying. I just hear in my head Sam Kinison going, "I just got here, not my dick. Oh oh oh." <laughs> like I just hear the routine in my head. He's got that routine about like um like if if your dick could come off your body that like you'd be out with your friends be like wow your wife let you come out with your dick tonight i just <laughs> i just i hear it in my head of him just being like i just got here no no what are you doing <laughs> the other thing is the last uh when my nephew got his bris i, I was talking to my uncle and uh i did say to him, i was like hey man isn't it a little weird you know that like we th- this isn't done in the hospital and he's like don't worry that guy's an expert in baby dicks I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm worried about. Like that, that's a, that's a weird specialty. Um, all right. And then by the way, you know, I thought it was particularly strange that you named your child off of the world's worst candy bar, but we just had someone on the show today saying that, Oh, Henry was their absolute favorite.
3: What? No, Th- that's
0: upsetting. That's, that's upsetting to hear with all the candy bars out there that you would pick an O. Henry bar.
3: Well, I did. I didn't name him after the he, the candy bar. Come on, everything. But yeah, that's a pretty bu- that's a pretty bad candy bar.
0: Yeah, it's not. Harrington, what do you think of an O'Henry Henry bar? It's just it's tar. It's plain, right? It's real plain. Oh my god, that kid. Um, all right. Shut up. <laughs> you, Robbie, not my kid. But I um, you. I did want to say
3: one other thing about the bris. Um, the mole is uh, someone who uh, I used to study I guess, with. Uh, him. I, yeah, yeah, he at, was a teacher at, of mine. After
0: school, knew him from the... before.
3: It's not like some, some random guy. Right. Um, oh, this is this is wonderful. This is great radio, right?
0: No, the fans are gonna love this. Don't worry. They turned off like 15 minutes ago. We were playing classic rock songs, so you know it's all good.
3: But I did want to I, I did want to brag a little about this little guy. Um, when um the Moel first kind of like uh, he was prepping him um, for the breath. Um, and sounds, he, by the way, his- Can I just say that
0: that sounds gross that the, the Moel has foreplay beforehand? There's a little <laughs> prep period. He's got to fluff up the kid before he prevent, pre- presents it to the synagogue. <laughs> All right. So yeah, yeah. So you're hanging out with the rabbi and Hold he's up. touching your child. Okay. Not even hanging out with him, but, uh, <laughs> he was, he,
3: yeah. So he, he, uh,
0: I'm just he kidding. It's, a, it's it's a religious ceremony that brings holiness into our lives. So let's not let's not degrade the the Bible or the religious ceremonies. Let's yeah. give it a let's give it a fair shake. All right, continue.
1: Like he did to your. So
3: um, <laughs> yeah, he uh, he uh, <laughs> this was fantastic. Um, he took off his diaper. Um, he starts you know checking out the scene, and he says to me and my wife, we're the, we're the only four people in the room. He goes. Oh wow, I have what to work with here.
0: Oh God. I, I don't know if Which that's I, I don't was, know if that's a compliment or just disgusting. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but sure. Oh, you, you're just I, I took it very well. I get that, it, I uh, get it. You, you and a, he's he's seen a lot of yeah, baby yeah. dicks, so he's it's not there. like he has Yeah, like he, he knows a, a nice one when he sees one.
0: Alright, but I got I, then... I got some questions on that. Firstly, congratulations. It's it's great that you had a you know a newborn. It's great that at the moment he's well hung and that you're able to shep naches from that. Is that a thing, though, if your child currently has a big dick? Is that like when they have a big nose and they'll grow into it? Or is that indicative of the fact that he's going to continue to, you know, like we're going to have to get you to report him from the field at age 3, 10, 13 and beyond and let it keep us apprised on that? I don't know. All right. Well, at the moment, I, you, you guys can all take pride in the fact that your baby has a big dick. Um, <laughs>
3: exactly. It was, it was a moment of pride, and and he didn't stop there. He uh, <laughs> post brist while he was doing the whatever cleanup that he was doing. Um, he said again. He goes, "Oh, as I as I said before, <laughs> he's he's very well endowed." Was really impressed. I was like Jesus. <laughs> He's we, really going off on it. Rabbi. We get it. <laughs> yeah, we get it. He's gonna knock it and knock you out with his with his dick. But like, okay, that's but great. um,
0: that's great. Yeah,
3: and then then in the next you know few days after it, like he, my son uh, with his with his big schlong, um, like an idiot, he kept on kicking himself in the dick. But I guess it was pretty hard to. <laughs> to miss
0: and whatever. wow this kid's got a real whopper apparently
3: yeah I almost uh, I
0: was... I'm almost disappointed that I didn't cop a look at the bris sounds like you what? got something I don't know what I'm talking about all right let's change gears here I wanted to bring up two food topics with you first is and I I know that Harrington's gonna take the opposing view on this but the other day I ate something on a Kaiser roll and I gotta give a big boo to Kaiser rolls I don't think it adds enough flavor I don't think it has enough support for a full sandwich I just give it a big old boo.
3: A big old zoo?
0: Boo. Just boo. Two thumbs down. Not necessary. Oh, two thumbs down. Like all the other bread options out there, take those Kaiser rolls and, and, and just throw them out. It, it, we, it should go extinct. Other breads have evolved further. It shouldn't exist anymore. It's a weak bread.
3: I uh, I totally disagree with you on this. So there is a time. I want to hear. There are many times and many places for a Kaiser roll. So give give me give me it. uh,
0: Give me it. it, Break it down. What am I missing here?
3: Have you had like an egg and cheese on it?
0: You see, to me, egg and cheese is going to be better on a bagel every time. It's not even a competition.
3: Uh, I I really disagree with you on that.
0: So what what does the Kaiser roll bring to an egg and cheese that a bagel does not?
3: It gives a support.
0: But that's where that's Within. why I find Kaiser rolls are the most lacking, or maybe it was just the particular Kaiser. Maybe I ate a fluke Kaiser roll the other day, but I thought it was lacking in flavor and it crumbled on me like real quick. Oh, it if didn't it was even... crumbly,
3: then that's that's not a Kaiser roll. Then you just had a bad.
0: Kaisers don't crumble though. Yeah, I, I could
3: though. understand Kaisers you being being fun. mad at at a bad Kaiser roll, but you know, if it's a good one, it should hold
0: up. All right, I'm I'm being outvoted two to one that Kaiser rolls are are credible. And so I'm going to have to further my investigations. And I want to tell you, I want to like Kaiser rolls because I remember once being out with my dad and he was really excited that he was able to get a burger on a Kaiser roll. And it always stuck with me that there was something to the Kaiser roll But as an adult, usually I kind of like, you know, I I think as you get older, you see things more like, hey, my dad was right. But when it comes to Kaiser, roll, when I experiment to it, I tend to be disappointed. Harrington, you You, got something. You know what it is? It's that it's able
1: to soak in the juices really well, while still maintaining its integrity. It's like a maxi pad. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so it's like every... Yeah, it
3: it takes so much time to get to that outer portion. The of hard, the Kaiser roll, that out. it, it rarely even touches it.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Great. Listen, Sarachian. Um.
3: <laughs> and also, I, I want to say about, yeah. you know, like uh, obviously, I'll I'll eat a lot of things on a bagel, but egg and cheese on a bagel, and I don't know if it's it's really all that great. Not that I haven't done it, but like, there's that hole in the middle. Things fall through. You kind of yeah, lose the egg and I cheese potentially. I
0: think, I think that's a worse take than mine that the Kaiser roll is garbage. Nah, Yosef, you're speaking my language, dude. What you? you oh, oh, there we oh go. My God, yeah. I, <laughs> bagel, Egg and cheese is like as no, no, legendary. It tastes good as combo great. As fucking, it tastes great,
3: but yeah. But when you, if if you're not, if, if you're not like eating it like in your kitchen, if you're like out, I don't know, even in the car or on the road or something like that. There's like a 98% chance that you just that like some egg and cheese is is just going to fall through and no, you're not going to get the full I don't,
1: you know what it is I, the yeah, full sandwich ketchup, ketchup in the middle salt pepper ketchup right ketchup in the middle through that little hole the dollop always just comes out
3: Oh yeah it right, like well, it, it it finds its way.
0: Yeah. All right. I I I I am outraged by this. I stand by the bagel, egg, and cheese. However, being an hour and forty minutes since this pot, I don't have the energy quite to to defend the bagel, egg, and cheese. So we're gonna bring this up fresh at the top of the next episode because you, we're, we're, I'm gonna bring in bagel, egg, and cheeses. We're gonna bring in Kaiser rolls. We're gonna do a competition. We're gonna get approached. Bring in, in here. bring in some uh, English
3: muffins also because I like English muffin. I also, like English muffins. That's also egg and cheese on that is.
0: I like an English it's muffin, that is but nice. English muffin, dude. Where English muffin many
3: times over, uh, in, you know, a bagel with egg and cheese.
0: Where English muffin beats bagel to me is if you're throwing sausage on there. If you're having sausage and egg on an English muffin, that's just the right combo. There's something about that that just goes perfect. Um, all right, the next, the last thing I wanted to bring up while I had you on the phone is the altering junk food to make it junkier. So recently. I've been on a bit of a, like, uh, I want to say a jelly dessert product. Like, that's, you know, for a while, I was all about the carrot cake. Lately, I've been very craving of, like, raspberry jelly dessert-type products. Like, a good Linzer tart-type cookie, a good rainbow cookie, like, that kind of stuff. And the options were limited in my area. So, what I started doing was I had a very good jelly, a raspberry jelly in my fridge. And I was buying really good sugar cookies and putting the, sh- the the raspberry jelly like sandwiching that between two sugar cookies with raspberry jelly. Now Harrington just looked up in joy. He's like, "I love what you did there." Um, but that's like a certain level of fat fuckery where you're taking unhealthy stuff and you're making adjustments to it to make. Like I remember once at, at like in my house, I took a bowl of cheese crackers and I started melting fresh cheese onto cheese crackers. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. I wanted, and then the other day in studio, Harrington was eating Reese's Puffs, which are delicious but dangerous because you can't open up a box of Reese's Puffs and not finish it. Reese's Puffs are one of those cereals, but he wasn't just eating Reese's Puffs; he was eating Reese's Puffs with half and half for milk. <laughs> no,
1: come on, that's a, that's a that is spice, sir.
0: It was mostly whole milk. With a dollop of of half and I half. I saw at the top. you just put half and half oh. into a cup. Now, to be fair, he didn't use it in the same uh like he didn't put as much milk as you'd put in, as much as he almost like was like lubricating the cereal with half and oh, half. Yeah. But even that was like you know when I saw him doing that, I was like you can't. But then I was like I can't judge him when I'm when I'm at home putting jelly onto sugar cookies. So I, I just wanted to throw it out there. What are some things that maybe you do in your life where you're taking a junk food and you're making that one adjustment to really put it over the edge into the category of, like, this is going to hit the spot?
3: Hold on a second.
0: Well, well that was good leading, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think— I felt like I felt the energy. I set him up there. I teed him up. You did. <laughs> I have a
1: real good answer for this. Okay, please. I mean, realistically, there was a time where I was buying a pint of Ben & Jerry's a night or right. a Haagen-Dazs, whatever, and then, like, that wasn't enough anymore. So yeah. it got to a point where it's like, all right, like, this isn't going to go... Like, I can't buy this without also getting a bag of Pepperidge Farm and then, and then just, then like... buying combining them? Oh, yeah. You would know... Would you make
0: your own... Would you, like, crush up the Pepperidge Farm, put it in, or you would sandwich the... Uh, the uh, ice cream, like you would make your own ice cream Sunday sandwiches.
1: So what I would do, I would do like the ice cream sandwich for the top, right? right? And then when it got low enough, I would crumple up the rest of the pepper trough. And just shove it in there. And now like the ice cream is melting up that it's going to mix in and it's basically just uh, like a homemade McFlurry at that point. Oh my God, that does oh. sound
0: incredible. Now, would you fuck with like uh, sprinkles or like a chocolate syrup or anything like that?
1: No, like, I, I never got to that point. Like that would have been the next thing because you always
0: got to up it. That's the way addictions work. You got to notch it up a little bit all the time
1: on. I'm not gonna lie, dude. I was looking at the uh, I like I caught the Hershey syrup out of the corner of my eye, and I was
0: like, Do I do it tonight? And, and then like, I was like, That's pushing it too far. I was like, I gotta stop living like this, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you where I make that 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 flaw will kill me sometimes. Like, I'm really got a sweet tooth, like, I'm really craving something, and I'll buy I'm borrowing from uh, I'm borrowing from. Really, uh, Harris Stanton, or Stanton, I always fuck up his name, really funny comic, and he hung out with Patrice O'Neill. He used to open for Patrice O'Neill. Haven't seen Harris in years, but really, really good guy, was always really nice to me at LOL, and was a really funny comic. But I heard him in an interview, he was talking about hanging out with Patrice where he used to buy like a backup meal. I think maybe you might have mentioned that on the pod also where like he would order a meal and then just in case he was hungry, he would order like a backup meal. Sometimes I'll do that with dessert products where like I'm not sure which one I'm in the mood for. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get the chocolate chip cookie, but I'm also going to get this just in case that doesn't hit the spot. Anytime I've ever done that, you just end up eating both. That's always what happens.
1: No, I mean, like if the the Patrice story I heard was he would get like if he's, he was just sitting down, had a menu in front of him, he'd get like three, four entrees and he would have like a little column A, little column but That's B. just eating
0: because it's fun. That's not getting a backup meal. That's yeah, Just no. eating for variety and fun. I mean,
1: I think honestly, whenever I get two desserts, that's yeah. always the move. It's never a backup or anything like that. It's like I'm going to enjoy both of these. You go into it No, so I always genuinely telling yourself yes, I'm going to have one or the other?
0: I always trick
1: myself oh, that's every insane. time.
0: Every That's, time, Robbie, grow up. And I know that it's never going to play that way, but I'm just saying you rationalize it. And so when I'm there, uh, no. I'll rationalize it as like, all right, I'm just, I'm not going to eat all this. I'm going to sample it. It never happens. So yeah. the, the idea of a backup dessert is crazy to me. <laughs> just in case the first one doesn't hit the spot, just lean into it. All right, <laughs> like the fatness is strong in you. Lean into it. That's funny. The fatness is strong in you. Um, all right, now I got a question for you. The biggest problem with Ben and Jerry's delicious. But first and foremost, like, it's one of those things that you always, like, anytime I pick it up, you know that you're going to finish the pint. But it's the same thing where I say, like, I'll put some in a bowl and I'll put the rest in the freezer. It never happens. It never happens. I I, I know that it never happens. I hate that you still are like, you're a 16-year-old white girl at heart. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, You make the effort. They're single serving, Robbie. Just own it.
0: Yeah, well, no, I used I've done that where you buy two of the single servings, which is still a, a half of what the what like the full. Oh no,
1: I thought you were gonna say you bought two pints. No, like, no, no, God. that's
0: that's insanity. Yeah, that's insanity. You'll eat both because I'll do the same thing where I'm like, hey, I'll make a Sunday with the two of these. That'll never happen. Okay, no. now the problem with Ben and Jerry's to me is Ben and Jerry's. I like it as a soft ice cream. Like, when you open it up and it's just hard, you know what I mean? You got, like, there's there's some patience to it. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll flip it over because the bottom side is a little bit softer and I'll try and kind of eat it upside down so that you're hitting softness. But my question for you is... if. And I won't put it in the microwave. That's flagrant. You no, that's you insane. Can't, you can't soften ice cream by putting it in the microwave. Get the fuck out of here. Wait, that's, that's cheating. It doesn't work. Do Try people to...
3: actually do that?
0: Yes, people do it for sure. You put it in. People I, I microwave That's I've done it. You put it in for like seven room seconds, room. just so it's soft, not not so that it's like melted, just so it's soft. I've seen people completely melt ice cream, so that like they could eat it like more like as like a soupy type thing, but not hot. That's disgusting. I agree with you. That's disgusting. I agree. So I want to know when you're making homemade chip, with Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Um, is there a process to waiting for the ice cream to be both soft and not too cold? Or do you just like, is it more of an animal thing where you come home, you open that thing up, you start scooping into the cookies. And if it's if it's like the, the hot, cold combo, your teeth can handle it.
1: No, what it, what it is. Right. It's me uh coming home with like you know a sandwich a bag of chips and
0: oh that's that's the that's the topping it off
1: you know what i mean so like i yeah. treat it like a real meal you know and then by the time i'm done the ben and jerry's has softened enough in my insanely overheated new york apartment
0: right right right. so you got it timed out where you're like as long as i'm eating the sandwich first by the time i get to the ice cream it's going to be good to go that is a working strategy uh yosef can you tell us a couple food alterations fat guy what's a good term for this i don't know fat fat guy alter alter whatever what are the things you're doing well, to junk food to make it I, to up it to up it up you know to ramp it up a level
3: well i i uh you talking about the ice cream and then stuff like that got me to thinking of something that i do and want to know if you guys do it or i feel like it's kind of a a fat fuckery uh food hack um do you guys ever go to like the ice cream places that you do your own topping, like sixteen handles or
0: not often? Pinkberry shit like that.
1: Dude, I went last week. It was delightful.
0: I'm familiar.
3: Okay, yeah, it's it's a, a great place. So typically, you know, you put your ice cream in, and you go to the toppings, no, right?
0: I, oh, I like what you're doing—a base layer of toppings. I've never done it, but I like. Yep.
3: It. I, I know that I just yep, beat you to it, but I got excited. That's my hack. Is is that like is that like a? No, I get it. Is that mainstream enough, or I is it? it
0: I get it. I've, I haven't seen people do it, but it's a mistake. You should really be tri layering it. It should be done like nachos. Like what I said with nachos, you should be putting oh, a yeah. base layer it's... of cake product, then a layer of ice cream, then like a layer of maybe like a butterfinger. Of oh, the Oreo. sauces, yeah. Yeah, and then another layer of ice cream, and then like it should be like a seven layer. Oh, no. Cake, I, never, I, never, topic, I
3: never I I never, never go, go back, back and to forth.
0: the. I'm doing that. No, no. Tonight. no I never go back to the doing second that layer. Tonight. But. That that, oh, okay. that is, that's my fucking Valentine's Day. I'm taking out my date, Mike Harrington, for some fucking frozen yogurt, and we're and we're we're doing a seven topping, uh, seven layer cake of, of frozen yogurt. Now when Harrington goes, um, I have a date lined up.
1: No, i not even.
0: But Harrington,
3: have you ever done have you ever done that before,
1: buddy? That is the it, it it's incredible. It's the only reason you go to a place like that. Oh, you, so you do do that. Brownie bites. Yeah. But you
0: lay it down, the the toppings first, before you go for Topings the ice cream.
1: Toppings first, then a layer, then toppings, or, then a layer. And you got to switch uh, the layers. layers.
0: The other thing I could see is really glopping in, no. like, Oreos and their cookie dough and their brownie. Like I'm saying, really uh, filling it up, and then putting ice cream on top of it, as if the ice cream is just like the uh, sprinkles. You know, like the way you put like sprinkles on top. You know uh, what I mean? Sprinkles
3: are sprinkles are such a bullshit topping. Oh, I
0: fucking love anyone putting sprinkles. Sprin- the fu-
3: rainbow sprinkles. No, rainbow you get the fuck out of here. Okay. Rainbow sprinkles. Any type of sprinkles are just no. it's just bullshit. I no, like no, chocolate no. sprinkles. The
0: waste. Chocolate sprinkles are not That's- for me, but an ice cream cone with rainbow sprinkles. Get the fuck out of here. Delicious.
3: It might be it's del- it's just like when you have all the toppings at your disposal and you're putting sprinkles on. All right, I'll
0: agree with you there. Come if, on, if I'm going to if I'm going to a place that's got hot fudge and brownie, and you're going sprinkles, you you're gone fucked up. But if you walk up right. to like like uh like a Mister Softy style truck. And you're making a decision, Oh, yeah, yeah. If
3: that's the only option, no, no, like, no, no. okay, I'm, fine.
0: You can walk up to a Mr. Softie and they can have an Oreo Blizzard. They can have a milkshake. They can have your Hot Fudge Sunday. But if you decide, I want a traditional ice cream cone with rainbow sprinkles on it, I fucking respect that. I respect that. Okay. Hell yeah.
3: That's fair, but it's still a bullshit topping. I love the, the cheesecake bites.
0: Yeah, those at the are the frozen
3: right. yogurt places.
0: Those are all right. I know what, is, I know what you're yeah. describing. All right, any other uh any other like fat fuck ramp-ups? That one's not that indulgent cuz it's part of the process of Let going there. Let me think. There. Let me think. I know I we're putting know. you on we're putting you on the spot here. Yeah. Hey, my all brain's right. working at, like uh <laughs> Well, anyways, 10%. Mr. Felstein. it wouldn't have been Valentine's Day if I didn't get to speak to you. The true, the true original. I'll probably
3: jack off to this conversation later.
0: The true original co-host of the Run Your Mouth podcast. Hopefully, uh, that kid will shut the fuck up. Even
3: though I don't have equity.
0: Well, no one has equity, but, um... (laughs) (laughs) There'll be a day in the future where that kid will shut the fuck up and you'll be able to rejoin us, but, uh, congratulations on your, uh, your first male son and his large penis. That's, uh, that's quite the accomplishment.
3: Yeah, thank you. It is, I... I uh, bless the Lord every day for his ginormous dong.
0: Amen, 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 Cello, the All right, we did it. An hour and 46 minutes. Run Your Mouth podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'll catch you later, buddy.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, I just hung up on him.
0: You did? Uh, yeah, I thought funny.
1: you were wrapping the episode. My bad.
0: That's right. All right, that's our episode. Have a good one. Thanks, dudes. <laughs>